we surrounded ourselves with people that bring different skill sets that you might not be able to see around the corner, but they can. And so you have to be able to surround yourself with people that are a lot smarter than you. Welcome everyone to Do Well and Do Good. You're here because you have the desire to create financial freedom, but you also want to make a powerful, positive impact on the world. This podcast exists to tell the inspiring stories of men and women who have achieved both, people who do well and do good. I'm your host, Dorothy Ilson, and I'm here to help you discover proof that individuals have the ability to make a massive impact. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 78. I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest and my friend, Brandon Straza. I first got to know Brandon through a mastermind group that we're both a part of. And after we finally met in person in March at an event in Thailand, I knew I had to have him on the show. See, Brandon began his career in the financial services sector, but coming from a family of business owners, he believed that controlling his own path was valuable, a belief that I certainly hold as well. So after meeting his wife, they founded American Option Insurance Group in 2011. Fast forward to 2017, Brandon realized that he wanted to bring more value to their business partners. So he launched The Naked Agent, an initiative where he highlights and promotes his business partners through video and storytelling. Today, Brandon runs his insurance business, produces The Naked Agent, and even facilitates mentorship programs to connect seasoned pros with newer insurance agents needing support. But that is only one of the ways he gives back. He's also passionate about giving to an organization that helps high school students to continue their education, which we will absolutely talk about today. Brandon also shares the story of how his family went bankrupt when he was a child and the way that that really shaped his mindset and cemented his drive to succeed. So I know that you are going to get so much out of my conversation with Brandon, but before we jump into it, I want to remind you that Instagram is the best place to stay on top of what's going on with the show and get a peek into my own entrepreneurial journey. You can find me at Dorothy Ilson. That's D-O-R-O-T-H-Y-I-L-L-S-O-N. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Brandon Straza. Brandon, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm excited to have you here. I'm super excited to have uh, to be here with you, Dorothy. So I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, hear a little bit about my story and I get to learn more about you. Yeah. I mean, it's been so much fun getting to know you a little bit over the last several months and especially getting to hang out in Thailand in March. And so I'm really pumped for my audience to get to know you too. So let's drive straight into your story. Tell me, what was life like for you growing up, Brandon? And what was the mindset around money that was instilled in you? That's a, that's a great question because that has really shaped uh, where I currently stand today. Growing up, I came from an entrepreneurial spirit, just didn't really realize that. We had our own restaurant in central Illinois. Uh, it seated about 500 people. So it was fairly, a fairly large restaurant and something that really couldn't sustain today in just how, how we live our lives. Unfortunately, in 89, our family went bankrupt. And so we lost everything. We went from living on a street that was named after us, Straza Court, to, to losing everything. My, my father moved to Florida pretty quickly from there. We stayed up in central Illinois and we didn't understand 
really the value of a dollar or the value of anything because we were pretty young at that time. I was, I don't know, 89. I was probably 10 or 11 years old. From, from there, uh, we didn't understand like, hey, why wasn't daddy around at that point? We lived in a place called Olympic Village and there was nothing Olympic about it. We watched someone dressed in Rambo outfits running around playing squirt guns with kids, which looking back at it, maybe probably wasn't the best thing. And then another person on your, on your way to school every morning in Olympic Village, you would see her changing in front of her window, um, usually fortunately having a brassiere. But we quickly ended up in like, a, I think it was a one bedroom apartment with my mom, my two siblings and myself, and we didn't have anything. And then we would go to school and I would hear the kids talking about this in school because our family's name was in the newspapers and it really, it hurt and I didn't understand why it was hurting and why kids at that age were even talking about it. So quickly, um, you know, if you want to kind of fast forward to how that shaped, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I wouldn't have the entrepreneurial spirit and I definitely wouldn't value a dollar if we continued to have that silver spoon, if you want to call it. My parents did not intentionally by any means raise us like kids with silver spoons in our mouths, but we just, we didn't want for anything. And uh, I don't think I would have been hungry like I still am today at the ripe age of 41 if we didn't have everything taken away. So does that answer what you were looking for there? It definitely does. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious, did your parents talk to you about what was going on? You know, what were the, you know, what was the conversation around money like in your household after you went bankrupt? I don't remember them really having conversations with us other than we weren't going to be, you know, members of the country club. We weren't going to be doing some of the summertime events, traveling, and uh, we weren't going to be able to see our father because he had, uh, he had moved out of state at the time to, and, and still lives in Florida to this day. You know, it was almost like the friends that we hung out with, we weren't allowed to hang out with them anymore. And I don't think that that was by design by any means for my mother, but it was kind of like we were outcast in our own in our own town, which was, which was really interesting. Um, but they never really discussed what money meant, what we had and what we didn't have anymore. It was just to be expected. I think today we live in a different generation to where we would actually sit there and talk to our children as long as they're able to comprehend as much as possible why you, the financial situation has shifted from one gear to the next. So I would definitely do it differently today, but I don't fault my parents by any means. They, they made me who I am today. Um, I take great value in what my dad still teaches me and my mom still teaches me to this day. I'm curious then, you know, going forward in your life, you know, to when you were working in the financial services sector, you had a job and then you decided to go off on your own and start the American Option Insurance Group. Talk to me about that time in your life. What was the the feeling or you know, the, the impetus to wanting to go and start your own business and how difficult was it for you to make that jump and actually go do it? Great question on there. When I look back at starting American Option Insurance and why I kind of got out of the financial industry initially, that was our economy really shifted well, back in 07, 08. And I was in mortgage banking um, with Wells Fargo, originally Norwest Financial. That was pretty much forced upon me, but I never really enjoyed it made really good money, but never enjoyed being a mortgage banker. I love working with mortgage bankers today, but it just wasn't for me. So I meet my wife in 2009 and she had always heard me say, Hey, I can go create this. I can create this. Um, and she really, her words were, am I allowed to curse or is that? Absolutely. Okay. Her words were shit or get off the pot. I love it. 
we, we, we'd be sitting in the pool in the backyard in Florida, which pools are very common in Florida. And she's like, listen, I believe in you. You keep telling me that you can create something, you can do something, and you don't want to work for a company anymore. I was working for all, the largest all-state agent in the country at the time. She's like, either continue working where you're at, find something you're happy in, or go do what I know you can do. So that was really the, the launching point to sit there and say, okay, we're actually going to go do this and create American Option Insurance Group. Now, the interesting thing with that was at that point, we hadn't been together that long. And everyone's saying, listen, you had a super quick engagement. You're getting ready to get married. Don't start a company. It's the worst idea you could ever do. We did have a few supporters, which is great. My wife being number one, but we were told no around every corner. And that really took me back to my younger years when I was in high school. And I remember a math teacher sitting there saying, listen, your brother was salutatorian of the school. Your sister's a world-class golfer. You just don't have it. You don't have the school skills. You don't have the, the, the personal skills. It just told me no in math class that I really wasn't going to amount to anything. And so when people started telling me, no, don't go do American Option Insurance Group, the, the likelihood of a small business starting out and succeeding, the percentages are very low. Just don't do it. Get married, learn how to be married, and then maybe think about doing it. So actually people telling me no and then remembering my high school journey of saying I really wasn't a good student was like, screw it. I don't care what anyone says. This is going to succeed, not just because I say, but because you said it won't. And so that was a huge driving force for me to sit there and say, I don't care. I will make it work. I don't care how many hours it's going to take, but I'll do it. So we sat some money aside, not enough looking back at it as it did cause just some financial strains in our household of, you know, Hey, you don't make a lot for policy when you're writing a $200 renter's policy and you're making 15 or $20. So that was definitely a a very difficult time in our house as we pretty much had one income earner. I chose not to pay myself for about the first 18 months because I looked at myself as this. I was an employee of the business. It didn't matter that I founded it, that I was, but I was, I was the business. So it really wasn't a business until you can have other people working with you and you can get away. It's really not a business in my mind. So I, I chose to make sure everything went back into the business for the first 18 months we brought on our first team member who is uh, still with us today. Her entire family works for us now. Uh, her entire household works uh, with us now. But that was a really tough time, but it was the smartest choice because if the company failed, then everything below it was going to fail. So paying me wasn't going to do any good. There are so many important lessons, I think, in, in everything that you've been saying there, not the least of which is you know, when people are telling you no, when people are telling you that's a bad idea, you can't do it, it's not going to work. You know, I think we all are going to run into that and we need to ask ourselves, you know, would you want to change spots with the person giving you that advice? Do you want what they have? And if the answer is no, then their advice at the end of the day is irrelevant. There's never going to be a right time, an easy time to start a business. You know, and I think sometimes you just have to make that leap. So I'm curious, Brandon, you know, this is going in a little bit of a different direction, but you know, you mentioned this was right when you first got married. You know, you had you said you had a short engagement. So, you know, you and your wife were really learning how to have a successful marriage and and how to have a partnership. So I'm curious, you know, what was it about the two of you or, you know, were there any, any sort of things that you did in the context of your relationship 
that allowed you to sustain those 18 months and come out stronger on the other side? It was really the belief that I, I never wavered in knowing that it was going to succeed. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there weren't arguments, disagreements, tough, tough times by any means. But what I think really pulled us through it is my wife hearing the tone of my voice and she knew it wasn't BS. She knew that I did not matter what it was going to take. She believed 100% in what we were doing. And even, even in the toughest of times, I think someone's inflection in their voice really tells you whether they're telling the truth, whether they believe in what they're saying. And I, I think that really came true when it, when it came to why we fought ahead and why we succeed to this day in our relationship. I can go down a whole other path of like the relationship part of the stuff. I don't think that's what we're here for, but I'm still, I will say this. I'm still learning today how to be a good friend and husband to my wife. And at certain points, I don't think I focus on that. And uh, fortunately I do that more now. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I appreciate you expanding on that a little bit, you know, just because at the end of the day, like these are the real things that, that people deal with when they're starting a business. And even if you have those naysayers, you know, people in your life who are telling you no, telling you that you can't do it, you know, having the support of that one person who is the most important person in your life is really, you know, enough to get you through at the end of the day. So I appreciate that. Now, I'm curious, Brandon, what has been the biggest transformation in terms of your mindset that you needed to make in the course of growing your insurance business over the last many years? The biggest change in the mindset was I realized we were really, the, the industry in itself is really kind of stuck in an endless cycle of, uh, of doing the same thing. It was like the definition of insanity. And so in 2017, that was kind of that transformation when I sat there and realized that we're going to die a slow death as an insurance agency, or we can sit there and go against the grain. And again, that was another no moment. Everyone's sitting there saying, no, don't go do this. Don't go create the naked agent. And the only, the reason behind that was, is I'm like, listen, we've got a good business model. We've got a good company. It took a long time to chop that part down. But the thing is, is if we didn't differentiate ourselves in how we were doing our business and how we were highlighting our customers, we were just another insurance agency on the block. And so when I created the Naked Agent, the Naked part real quick was who they are as a, the people that we work with, mortgage lenders, um, realtors, different referral sources. And then we, did, we started interviewing entrepreneurs. But if we could actually highlight them uh, and what, who they were in the community, what they did for a living, and then put that out there in the social media stratosphere, we were able to differentiate ourselves. So when I realized I can still be in a relatively boring industry, if you want to put it that way, I mean, it's insurance. I mean, a lot of people are like, ah, that's, you know, but if we could differentiate ourselves by that, that was really the transformation that led me to why I'm actually on this. Because I can tell you, if it was 2017 and I was still doing the same thing today in 2019, I wouldn't have met um, the people in our mastermind group. I wouldn't have met you and I wouldn't have changed my mindset to realize going into my 40s, we can do it differently and we can, we can go against the grain and it's okay. It's the more times you're told no, you might be going in the right direction and you're actually going to find other misfits along that journey by going against that grain. I don't know if I answered your question or if I just kind of skirted around it. <laughs> no, certainly. So I'm curious, you know, what has the response been to the naked agent? You know, how have your partners reacted and, and how has that really impacted your business as a whole? 
Yeah, um, I still have some people that sit there and say they don't understand it. Um, now, those aren't the business partners, but other people in the insurance industry, they're like, why are you doing this? I've got still <laughs> some people that, that, that um, uh, you know, some, some relatives and then some friends that are like, I really still don't get the idea behind this. But sure, if you say it's bringing in more business and it's retaining more business, then go for it. So the way that it's impacted is, is that definitely when I show up at a meeting, depending on where it is in the country, it's a someone sits there and already knows me. That's why I've been invited to it. But they, the introduction is they don't sit there and say, oh, hey, this is Brandon Straza, um, founder of American Action Insurance Group. They're like, oh, this is the naked agent. You're going to get more than just that person to turn their head and be like, excuse me, what is this? And so it's definitely, it's an easy segue if you're an introvert. And sometimes I actually, surprisingly enough, I am an introvert. It's an easy segue into having to have a conversation. Now from the the, the impact that it has had on American Option Insurance with our existing business partners and new ones, we now bring a value to them that they aren't getting anywhere else from other insurance agencies because everyone else is either taking them candy dishes, bringing them lunch, or taking them out to dinner. And I'm not saying occasionally we still don't do that, but we're able to hook them out because they they aren't always the uh, most confident when it comes to video and editing and how to get their message across. So we help craft that for them. And they're getting business on top of it because now they are being put in front of an audience. We've got a team here and they figure out where, you know, where's the best place. Is it Instagram? Is it YouTube? Is it Facebook? We now put them in front of another audience that would never have seen them without ever sitting there saying, hey, come send more business to us in American Option Insurance Group. We never mentioned that whatsoever. And so they appreciate the fact that we're not having to ask them for business. They're wanting to give us more. One of the coolest interviews that I did when I first started it was with a guy by the name of John Butcher. It was like our third time meeting, first time face-to-face, but third time over the phone. And after we were done, he's like, so uh, when are you going to start asking me for my business? I said, I'm not. I'm not going to have to. He said, well, why not? I said, because you just asked me. And it all had to do with the fact that we put him on camera. We asked him who he was, what he was doing in the community. And he knew we were going to then go put that product out there without any cost to him. And so more people are coming to us with, hey, we'd love to be on The Naked Agent. And we're like, got to become a business partner first. Well, what's that entail? Let's talk about it later. So it definitely has impacted to where more businesses come in just because of that. And then uh, keeping our existing business partners, there's actually a value we can never put an exact number on. In any business that anybody does, you're eventually going to piss someone off or you're going to do something wrong. Not intentionally, hopefully. And, and you could easily lose that client, business partner, however you see them, to another insurance agency. Well, knowing the fact that we are still promoting them in a different way that they aren't getting elsewhere, they're a lot less likely to ever leave us. And if we do have a little hiccup, we're a little more forgiving. It's brilliant, right? I mean, you are providing value in a way that no one else in the marketplace is or can. And, you know, it's, they say it's a lot easier to keep a customer than it is to get a new one. And so the way that you're able to reduce your churn and at the same time bring in new business by providing value to them first and, you know, getting them excited about the idea of working with you versus saying like, oh shit, like I need to figure out insurance, which is not something that most people typically want to have to deal with. Um, it's, it's really powerful. So you know, I commend you for having the foresight and the vision to see what, what was there in that idea. Now, one thing I'm curious about, Brandon, the skills that you 
are needing to leverage to pull off, you know, what you're doing with the naked agent, you know, video, storytelling, you know, editing, all, all of these things, you know, they're very different from the skills that you needed to build American Option Insurance. So I'm curious if you could talk about what that's been like a little bit and specifically if there are any habits or set of habits that have had the most significant impact on your ability to pull off, you know, these, these two areas of the business? You know, first I look back to when, when it was created and I'll say wine was a super big help helper. In that. <laughs> there was like music, a movie and two bottles of wine. So that really did help my creativity, but they are definitely different skill sets. Uh, I grew up in doing musical show choir on stage, loved that aspect. So I always had that creativity there with insurance, it was just, I guess that was the springboard to kind of take it to that next level for me. So I realized that I can't do it all on my own. It's literally impossible. You have to have the support of not only your business partner, the team that works with you, and then, you know, everyone else around you. So I quickly realized that the only way to successfully do this was to literally move an entire family from Florida to Texas. I reached out to one of our, um, my first team members and said, hey, I've got this crazy idea. I think your husband would be really great at this, and I can't do it without him. And Joseph's in the other room and is still with us today. So what, what I'm getting at is we surrounded ourselves with people that bring different skill sets that you might not be able to see around the corner, but they can. And so you have to be able to surround yourself with people that are a lot smarter than you. You can, as they say, uh, you know, Angela, my wife, and then Joseph, the head of the marketing for our company, they sit there and they manage the manic sometimes is what they, they would say, or take the monkeys that are in my brain and then they can put them on pen to paper. So I'll come up with some harebrained ideas, harebrained thoughts, and then they actually can format them to where they make sense and they can actually turn an idea into a reality. So definitely you have to surround yourselves. Now that's not always realistic. If I was trying to do this, nine or 10 years ago, I wouldn't have had the financial capability to sit there and be like, hey, let's move an entire family from the East Coast to, to Texas. Uh, so that was definitely having, have, already having that financial um, support of the company that had been built was definitely helpful, but n- not always necessary. There are a lot of hungry people out there. If you just go to YouTube and you go onto message boards, oh my gosh, there's so much creativity every day on Instagram, Snapchat, all the different platforms that you could probably sit there and find other like-minded individuals to take your idea and springboard them into something else without having that financial backing. I was just fortunate that we had gone through those financial pains, which then allowed us to sit there and say, hey, we can financially afford to you know, bring on someone else that can help make uh, an idea into reality. Does that answer? Yeah, it definitely does. And in terms of, you know, everything you're saying about your understanding your strengths versus your weaknesses and executing on what you're really good at and then hiring for what you're not, it's applicable to, you know, absolutely everyone. And, you know, when you're not in the financial place to be able to do that, you know, it is it is more of a grind. But, you know, starting small with outsourcing and just identifying, you know, what's the one thing on your plate that takes you the most time that's most painful for you to get through that, you know, maybe you can outsource to a virtual assistant. Uh, You know, I think oftentimes people would be surprised at how cost effective it can be to do something like that. And the time that it saves you to then focus on the area of your business that's going to drive more revenue, that's what's going to allow you to grow and to be able to start to make those, those hires. Would you agree? 
Absolutely. I mean, that's that's 100%. I'm going to take it to the family level. A couple of years ago, my wife was tired of me spending three to four hours a weekend mowing the lawn. And so she says, your allergies are horrible. You're not spending time with the family. We got to find a better way to do this. So I looked, what is my highest and best use? Is it spending those four hours or is it actually outsourcing it and having a lawn company that can do a better job faster? Now I can go spend my time with the family and I can actually get more out of it. They can get more out of it. And, and I, I took that mindset and also you know, attributed that to the business aspect. Is it a good idea for me to sit there constantly be behind the camera, figure out how to edit, figure out how to create a logo and how to get it out there and how to make sure more people in social media see it with a purpose as opposed to just having a bunch of views out there? Is that worth my time? Or should I be on the phone coaching one of the other salespeople that we have in American Auction Insurance? or helping a team member so they can get another policy or they can get another business partner out there. Where's my highest and best use? And it was definitely not at the editing board, not at the filming board. It was like, find the people and you'll be amazed how much more you can do on the other side. And we brought more business in because I realized you can't do it all. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, with where you were at that time, you know, when you had that conversation about the lawn, I mean, the best use of those four hours for you was spending that time with, you know, with your wife and with your son. So Brandon, I think one of the lessons there for people listening is to figure out, you know, like you said, what is the best use of your time with the hours that you can save by outsourcing something? So for you, you know, you outsource mowing the lawn and now you have four hours that you could spend with your wife and and with your son. For someone else listening, you know, maybe the question is, are you able to generate more income in those four hours than you're going to need to spend to pay someone to mow the lawn. So, you know, these are the kinds of questions that, you know, I encourage everyone listening to ask yourself and figure out what you can start to move off your plate that's going to free up more mental space, more time to grow your business, improve your relationships, you know, whatever is most needed at that moment. So, Brandon, one thing that I was so excited to talk to you about and really the the core reason that I wanted to bring you on the show is that helping others is really a cornerstone of your values. And I know that one way you do that is through Shades of Hope. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. So several years ago, a good friend of ours came to us. We were having a birthday dinner. I think it was my birthday dinner. And they were just talking about their passion. Coincidentally, her last name was not Shade at the time. She's since married to a Shade, uh, who was one of my best friends. (laughs) It literally was a coincidence that she called it Shades of Hope. And she's just sitting there saying, you know, she was having trouble getting other people involved with it, getting them on board. And I was just listening to it. And it it really resonated with me. And what Shades of Hope does is there there are students out there that are getting ready to graduate. It doesn't mean that they're the 4.0 or the 2.0. You know, I mean, they're kind of like the middle of the road students. A, B, sometimes C student, but they aren't looking to continue their, their education. They're sitting there saying, you know what, we financially can't afford it. The family can't afford it. I can't afford it. So they're going to do something otherwise. And so what Shades of Hope does is finds those students that, uh, that apply to the scholarship and helps pay for their college tuition. Uh, typically, they're starting out at a two-year community college because then more funds are able to be allocated to them when they get to their junior and senior year. But it it helps those students that their family can't take on that financial burden and they themselves can't take on that financial burden and they might not continue their education otherwise. And so I immediately got on board with that because when it was time for me to go to school, uh, my college, I I didn't want to go. Again, I I didn't enjoy school because that's kind of a mindset that was 
put into me. I just wanted to work and make money. My sister was going to have a full ride for, for golf. And my brother was having his education paid for from another uh, family that, uh, that we'd become very close with. And, and I looked at it like, I'm going to be stuck with this large financial burden. This isn't cool. Fortunately, my mom pushed me to continue to get that piece of paper. And I realized that there's other kids out there that are like that. So I wanted to make sure that there was a way that my family and uh, company were able to give back to something like that. So Shades of Hope, Vivian Shade is, is, is who founded it. And it's just such a really great organization. It was started in Oklahoma. And now it's, uh, uh, she does it here in Prosper, Texas as well. So that's uh, definitely a passion project that we had hopped on board for the last four years. And I love too that you know you're making that impact locally, you know, really with with the students who are right there in the communities surrounding you. So, Brandon, what does fulfillment mean to you in business? You know, what does it mean for you to be able to leverage the success that you've had and give back in that way and others? Fulfillment has definitely changed in the scope of how I look at things now, and a lot of that change has happened in the last, I would say, nine to. 12 to 18 months, what fulfillment was. Uh, before our son, it was just money. It was like, literally, how can I just grow my personal wealth? And boy, I wasn't happy at that point. I didn't realize how unfulfilled that really made me. And over the last 12 to 18 months, what I've realized fulfillment for me is being able to go where I want, when I want, without having to sit there and have restraints on me, not from a financial aspect, but from sitting there saying, Hey, I've got to check my phone to see if work, if something's going on at work. So it really came from being able to spend more time with my family and my friends when I want heading off to Thailand was probably one of the biggest steps to prove to myself that like, Hey, we had, we had really made it because I was able to really pull away and not have to worry about what was going on back at the office. So again, kind of re to reiterate, Fulfillment now for me is being able to spend as much time with my family whenever I want to and my friends, and then being able to travel amongst that and be, a, be able to be around other misfits and uh, badass entrepreneurs uh, such as yourself whenever we want to. I love it. Well, Brandon, I want to thank you for everything that you've shared with us today. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. So I'd like to move into what I call the impact round. Here's how it works. I'll ask you a series of short questions and I'd love for you to just respond with the first answer that pops into your head. You ready? Let's go. All right, let's do it. Brandon, who has been the most impactful person in your journey to do well and achieve financial success? I'd have to say my wife. And who has been the most impactful person in feeding your drive to do good and really make an impact? Um, I'd have to say my son. Mm, could you expand on that a little bit? Uh, he challenges me every day and I learn more from him than he probably learns from me. He makes me relook at life and how to answer questions through the eyes of a four-year-old. And when you can break it down as simple as that, that you have to either explain something or accept something that is being taught or told to you from a four-year-old perspective, there's naivety and an honest perspective that you really have to take on it. So, I mean, like I would sit there and say, my son has made me, has really helped me embrace that. When you're having a bad day or you find yourself in a negative headspace, what do you do to get yourself out of the funk? Biggest thing is, is I go for a walk around the, uh, the office complex because I don't care how hot or how cold it is out there. It allows me to stretch my legs and really forget about what's going on back at the office for a few minutes. Mm, that's a big one for me too. What book do you find yourself recommending to people most often? 
I just uh, picked this up before. I, I'm unfortunately not the biggest book reader. I'm trying to get better with that. There's a new app out there called Wise that um, someone in Thailand, a very special person, you were just on a call with him the other day. And so that is what I'm utilizing because I'm not a good reader. I was taught that in high school. But recently, I guess we'll uh, give a cheap thing for blue fishing right here. I've really, in, uh, I've really enjoyed that book. And so that's the one that I've been talking about recently is blue fishing. Oh, blue fishing is an incredible book. It's by a guy named Steve Sims, who you and I were fortunate enough to meet in Thailand. And I highly recommend it to everyone listening. So then lastly, Brandon, what is the best piece of advice related to happiness that you would give our listeners? The best piece of advice when it comes to that, that I would give is for me now where I'm at is to actually listen to what other people are saying. Now, if I had done that when it comes to the no-sayers, I, pro- I would not be standing where I'm at today. But when you, when you finally have surrounded yourself, they say surround yourself with five people, whatever, whatever that number is for you, give them the time and respect to listen to what they are saying. Write down some notes afterwards and actually digest it and then go back to that person and actually have some form of a conversation about it. Number one, it shows them that you really do care and respect Number two, you actually listen to them and you probably learn more than what you realize by taking those notes down and going back and having that conversation again. Um, so that's really what I would sit there and say is to, to answer your question is to listen to the people around you and respect what the, the time that they're giving you and the advice they're giving you. And in turn, you're able to really help them through their journey as well. Amazing. Well, Brandon, that wraps up the impact round. And as you know, here on the show, we have what I like to call the do well and do good challenge. So this is where I encourage our listeners who want to give back to contribute to the nonprofits that are nominated by my guests. Could you tell me what organization you're nominating and why it's so meaningful to you? Yes. Well, Shades of Hope is the one that we're, that we've been involved with. And uh, it really helps those those individuals out there that might not be able to continue their education in the college stratosphere. And so Shades of Hope is the one that we're nominating today because it's, it's meant a lot to us when we get to see those letters from those students saying, thank you for allowing me to continue my college education. Well, we will absolutely link to that organization in the show notes and promote it. And lastly, Brandon, before we say goodbye, where can our listeners go to learn more about you, about the American Option Insurance Group, about the Naked Agent, and to follow your content? Yeah, the easiest way is to find me on Instagram at Real Naked Agent. You'll see stuff from my family, from interviews, from pieces that we've edited for other businesses out there. And then if you want to see what's going on in American Option Insurance, you'll get a little of that crosses over, obviously, as well. You can go to Facebook. That's probably our biggest platform. American Option Insurance Group is what you would look up. You'll see a greenhouse. There you go. And uh, those are the best ways to really digest what the heck we've got going on over here. I love it. Brandon, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been a lot of fun. I really appreciate it, Dorothy. It's been a pleasure. And I love what you've, uh, the content you've been putting out over the last uh, year and a half, two years. It's been great. All right, everyone, that's our show. Now, before I sign off, I want to introduce any new listeners to how the Do Well and Do Good Challenge works. There are two ways that you can participate. The first is if you are looking to do more to give back, I encourage you to contribute to any of the nonprofits nominated by my guests. 
send a screenshot of your receipt to challenge at dowellanddogood.co and your donation will be included in our monthly tally of the tangible impact this podcast is having. The second way you can participate is absolutely free and that's by voting. See, in the first couple days of each month, we host a vote inside of our free Facebook community to determine which of the nonprofits nominated the month before that I will then donate a portion of my advertising agency's profits to. It's an awesome way to make your voice heard and we've been able to raise money for some incredible organizations doing good in the world. So if you'd like to be a part of it, then head over to dowellanddogood.co backslash Facebook, where you'll find a link to join the group. Once you're inside, I'm also sharing tips, ideas, resources, and more to help you both increase your income and your impact. We're having so much fun inside there. So head over again to dowellanddogood.co backslash Facebook, and I'll see you on the inside. It means the world to me to earn your time. So thank you so much for listening.